We serve a risen Savior. <laughs> want to welcome y'all here today. We thank y'all for being here. And uh, last week I, I started a, a series on how to live a godly life in a very ungodly world. And if uh, you remember, there was a, one little portion that I went into that, that um, we had talked about with uh, how King Nebuchadnezzar had come in and, and taken uh, control of, of the Hebrews and, and Judah and was uh, taking uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back and how they were going to be put into training, but they refused the food from the king's table. And a, a key thing was that it said that Daniel made up his mind not to defile himself. And that has really got to be a key if we're going to live a godly life in a very ungodly world is that we have to make a determination within ourselves not to defile ourselves. Amen. You see, they knew that the food that was being prepared was not in accordance to either the way that uh, they had taken vows as Hebrews or it could have been food that was being offered to the gods in Babylon and, and they knew that that would be breaking their, their vow and their covenant with God. So they chose not to, to take, partake of that food. And last week it summed down to that Satan will always have samples. And what you sample today, you're going to desire tomorrow. And it could be something that's very innocent seeming today, but as we talked also, you know the food court will give you a free sample so that you will go to the counter and you will pay. Okay? Sin will always start off as a free sample, but there will always be a payment required. Satan has strings and attachments that just is trying to get you more bound, more, uh, more addicted, more tormented in the things that he has to offer. There are times when we do go through seasons, difficult seasons. Some of the seasons are man-made. We make choices like what Dino shared. There's, there's times where, see, since God gave us free will, it, we're not robotic in our response. You see, God could have forced us to love him. He could have forced us to worship him. But that's not real love. That's not true appreciation. That's ownership. See, God wanted us to choose to love him to choose to appreciate his goodness, to choose to see his ways when it doesn't seem like things are going the way that we would like for them to see them go. But we do go through seasons, and there are times when bad things happen. This week, you know, we're out driving, evangelizing, and, and we pull into Brahms. That was, uh, it was hot that day, okay, so don't judge me. But, you know, we pull into Brahms, and my radiator started leaking. Now you say, oh, Mark, you know, you're an anointed man of God. You're out evangelizing. Nothing like that should ever happen. You know what? Your radiator's going to leak whether you're evangelizing or not. Okay? But we say, oh, this shouldn't be happening. And then there's other things that happen. And sometimes when we talk about going through difficult times, we talk about, man, I've been through the fire. We've talked about how going through the fire, and we're going to be talking about the three Hebrew children that refused to bow. There's an interesting twist to this message today because normally every time that I've ever heard this message ever preached or shared, it was talking about who are you bowing down to, what are you worshiping, but I really want to talk about the fire. I want to talk about what they experienced and what you and I experience when we're heading into, when we're in and coming out of the fire. 
I almost wish I could have a subtitle on this because it would be talking about heading in, in and out of the fire. There's times when we do go through seasons, whether it's in our marriage, our finances, our job. It could be a sickness, a, a diagnosis that's been made over our, our body, a job security situation where you're called in and all of a sudden with one four-minute meeting, your whole world just changed. What you thought was going to be there forever is no longer there. One conversation with someone that you love that no longer wants to be there. These are all seasons that we go through. I want to talk about how God is there with us when we go through these times. We're going to be looking in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Bless you. And the first part is talking about uh, the, the bowing down. And so we're going to start at verse 6. First, we're going to look at Daniel 3, verses 6 through 12. And it says, Whoever doesn't bow down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And as soon as they heard the sounds of the ram's horns, the flutes, the lures, the harps, and the three-stringed harps, with all other kind of instruments, all the people, wow, all the people from every province, nation, and language, bowed down and worshipped the gold statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. After that, some astrologers came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They addressed King Nebuchadnezzar and they said, Your majesty, may you live forever. Nothing like a little brown nosing when you're selling someone out, right? Your majesty, you gave an order that everyone who hears the sound of the ram's horns, flutes, lyres, harps, and three-stringed harps playing at the same time with all kind of instruments should bow down and worship the gold statue. Verse 11. Your order said that whoever doesn't bow down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. There are certain Jews whom you appointed to govern the providences of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men didn't obey your order, your majesty. They didn't honor your gods or worship the statue that you put up. Now, first of all, you have to look at, these were probably Babylonian astrologers talking to a Babylonian king regarding Jewish people who had been in placed in position. There's always jealousy involved when you're involved with Satan. Satan will use that to turn. But what we're looking at here is these three young men refused to bow. They refused to be entertained by the music. They weren't going to follow the crowd. Well, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. See, sometimes when we're doing things with other people, it makes it more acceptable. Okay? And I thought about this point, so don't get me wrong, because I, I, I knocked on country music last week, and I'm not knocking on country music last week, but line dancing seems like it'd be a lot of fun. And I don't know how many line dancers we have, but you know, you, you, you learn a step. You know, you do this, 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 you, you do all this, and if everybody's doing it, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. It's synchronized. But if you just decide to go to Tom Thumb by yourself and start practicing in the middle of the aisle, one, two, three, huh, one, two... It's odd, Not, right? I mean, how many of y'all decide, I'm going to practice my land, land, line dancing in the middle of Target or Walmart? But see, when you're doing it with other people, it doesn't seem as silly. We can justify our actions as long as everybody else is doing something. Now remember, there's nothing wrong with line dancing. You're not going to go to hell for line dancing. You're going to look silly on your way to doing it. But you know, I mean, it's just, it's coordinated dance. There's nothing wrong with that. But what happens when everybody else you see for as far as your eyes can see, the music starts playing and everybody starts bowing down? 
you become a pretty big target because you're the only one standing. And I don't think they did this like, well, we'll, we'll kind of do this like, you know, you know, like we're looking for a contact lens or something. No, no, no. It's black or white on this. There was no compromise. You're either going to be face down bowing a golden idol that according to records was almost 125 feet tall. They've said anywhere from 90 to, that's 9 to 12 stories tall building of gold. And everybody's bowing down to gold. It's funny how we still bow down to gold today, don't we? But everybody's bowing down and, and you know, it's almost like, Greg, you standing? Randy, we, okay. None of us are going to bow, right? All right. So they made that decision prior to the music playing. They had made a decision not to defile themselves. And they knew that when that music played, everybody was hitting the ground and that they would be pretty much very visible. They may have been ridiculed because of their God. So let's take a look at the three points I want to talk about. Point number one is heading into the fire. So here is their response to King Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel verses 3, verses 16 and 18, it says, And when you hear the sound of the ram's horns, the flutes, the lyres, the harps, and the three-string playing at the same time with all the other instruments, will you bow down and worship the gold statue I made? And if you don't worship it, you will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. What God can save you from my power then? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer your last question. If our God, whom we honor, can save us from a blazing furnace and from your power, he will, your majesty. But if he doesn't, you should know, your majesty, that we will never honor your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. That's making a determination in your spirit that no matter what this, com this compromising world is going to do, I'm not going to do it. If everybody's doing it, it doesn't mean that I have to. They made a decision prior to that music being played. And even though their response to the king was honored, was honorable, it was firm. Now here is somebody threatening your life. If you do not do this, you will die today. How many of us have that fortitude? This says, if you're going to go to church, you're going to be shot. Well, you know, <laughs> wow. I can get, I'll, I'll just catch next Sunday. I'll catch it on YouTube. I, I'm sure it's going to be there. Let's, let's all put the guns down and everybody, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to go, okay. But how many of us have that fortitude to stand? They knew that they would lose if they bowed. They knew that they were going to lose favor in that vow that they had made to God if they bowed because they knew the Ten Commandments. Do you remember the Ten Commandments? Do you remember those, how we taught them on the fingers? Do you remember it says that thou shalt not worship any other god? Fear can make us choose things we would not normally choose. Let's say that again. Fear will sometimes cause us to make choices that we would not normally choose. Do we allow fear or do we allow faith to make our decisions? You see, you can't be in faith and fear at the same time. You're either following fear or you're following faith. You're either trusting God or you're trusting man. You have to make some decisions 
that if God has called you, God is faithful. Amen. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. spirit can, there can be an oppression of fear on your family, in your home, and it has to be broken. But of power and love and of a sound mind. Psalms 46, 1 and 2 says, God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. That is why we are not afraid even when the earth quakes or the mountains topple into the depths of the sea. What it's saying is even if your world is being shaken, trust God. Look to God. Don't look to man. Psalms 56, verses 2 and 4 says, All day long my enemies spy on me. They harass me. They are doing so many fight. They are so many fighting against me. And even when I am afraid, I will still trust you. I praise the word of God. I trust God. I am not afraid. What can mere flesh and blood do to me? Wow. This, these were written by men that had made a determination that they were going to trust God in the good and in the bad. In and out of the fire. You see, situations are going to happen and your faith is going to be tried. But you have to look to your faith and not to your fears. Point number two is in the fire. Daniel 3, verses 20 and 21 said, He told some soldiers from his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so that they could be thrown into the blazing furnace. Now you have to realize that King Nebuchadnezzar liked these guys. He had made them governors in the providences of Babylon. He had relationships. He knew them personally. There were masses. I mean, President Obama probably doesn't know your name personally. Okay? But say that you're on his cabinet, and all of a sudden, you're, you're in front of a firing squad. 20, verse 21. Then the three men were thrown into the blazing furnace, and they were wearing their clothes, hats, and, all their clo and other clothing. So they're tied up, and they're cast in. And what happens is most people who read this passage focus on the deliverance of the three Hebrew men. But I, I want to take a look at this passage in a different way. Let's focus in the middle here. Daniel 3, verses 24 and 25 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was startled, and he sprang to his feet, and he asked his advisors, Didn't we throw three men into the fire? That's true, your majesty, they answered. The king replied, But... Look, I see four men. They're untied, walking in the middle of the fire and unharmed. And the fourth one looks like the son of God's. You see, it was in the presence of Jesus. In the midst of the fire, that's what Jesus was. Some of you are going through fiery situations and you have to realize that Jesus is there with you. A lot of times from our perspective, we want to just determine how quickly can we get out of this situation. Thank you, God, for delivering me. Thank you for getting me out. But we have to realize that the presence of God is with us when we are in the fire. He is there to comfort us. He is there to bring us peace. He is walking with you. You are not bound by that sickness. You are not bound by that financial problem. You are not bound by that generational curse. You are free to walk around. Even though you're in the fire, God is with you. Amen. We're so quick to get through the fire. There might be some time that you need to do a little walking around with Jesus. Amen. We're so quick to get everywhere we want to get. Let's just get this thing through. Get this season over with. And God's saying, wait. I want to walk around with you. I want to spend time with you. 
It was while they were walking that God was with them. You see, this world doesn't need to see so-called super-Christians that never experiencing that never experience anything, never go through a battle, never weep, never have a broken dream. What this world needs to see are real Christians who go through real situations, but they don't quit. They don't lose it. They don't blame others. They don't have a hissy fit. My mom used to call it, don't have a hissy fit. Okay, so there's a good term for you. What they need to see is they need to see born-again believers that are going through the same situations that they're going through, but they're going through with faith because of what God has promised them through his word. There's a confidence in them. There's a, 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 just a, a strength and a fortitude in their lives. That's what they need to see when you're going through a fire. See, when you're going through a fire, you can lose it and send out an email and just tell everybody everything, how horrible it is and why it's not your fault then you're no different than anyone else because everybody goes through fires. Everybody goes through difficult situations. But how we respond as followers of Christ is what the world is wanting to see. Amen. I wish I could promise you that you will never go through a fiery situation. I wish I could promise you that you'd never lose a job. No one would ever leave you. There'd never be any sickness near you. But there's authority in God's word. There's authority in God's word. You see, because... We're in this world, but we're not of this world. This is not my home. This is just a waiting room. If you look at my 80, 90 years that I'm planning on serving on this world, it's a vapor compared to eternity. A vapor. It may seem like a long season right now. I remember, man, when we had two of our three kids in diapers at the same time, I felt like I was going down to Walmart every day buying diapers. I felt like I built Walmart a few stores just from all the diapers and wipes. And I don't know if you remember anything about parenthood, but man, there's a time when you're wiping all of a sudden they're going again and you're like, I got absolutely no value out of this whatsoever. This was on like 10 seconds and it's already messed. I'm going to leave this one on a lot longer. You know what I mean? You had to balance it out just to kind of get at least some time. And I felt like all I did was buy diapers. All I did was buy diapers and buy diapers and buy diapers. And now... I don't even remember those days that much. See, it was a season, and it seemed like a long season at the time, and it seemed like a season that was never going to end. And I'm going to tell you, kids grow up, and they don't need diapers. Seasons change quickly. The way we respond is the way the world is going to see. Because in the passage I just read in Daniel 3.25, it said, The king replied, how many do we throw in there? And yet I'm seeing four. And they're walking. And they're not bound. And one of them looks like the Son of God. See, that's what the world needs to see when we are going through difficult times. We will go through difficult times, but they need to see Jesus with us. They need to see the freedom that we have in Jesus. We need to see the ability that we can worship. See, Kristen, I'll even show you in my notes, Paul and Silas were worshiping in jail. She did not even know that. I'm thinking she's going to start preaching my message during the announcements. But you see, anyone can praise God when everything is good. It's going to take your faith to be able to praise God when situations are bad, when reports are bad, 
when things that you were counting on aren't there, when you say, God, I put my hope and my trust in you. You are my rock. You are my fortress. And you just start quoting scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And the reason why you can quote that scripture is because it's in your heart and it's in your mind. And that's what you need to be meditating on all day and night. Meditating means to be muttering. So you need to be walking around just saying, God is my refuge and God is my strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, what can man do to me? That's what we need to be doing so that when we do walk into that fiery situation, those are the words that are coming out. They're not words of fear. They're words of faith. They're not words of doubt. They're words of strength. That's who we are in Christ. That is why the promises and when Christ did that on the cross, they're yes and amen. He purchased your salvation. He purchased your sickness and disease. He purchased the rights for you to cry out to him when everything else is falling apart in your world. And he's walking in there with you. You will go through some fires. But God is with you. And God is walking with you. And you are not bound like Satan is wanting to tell you. You are not restricted. You are free. And when the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You see, I think the church has been bound a lot. We need freedom. We need freedom and we need the Spirit of the Lord. We need to shake off the traditions that we've had. Because there's a lot of people out there dying and going to hell while we follow our traditions. We need to start shaking out of our comfort zone. You know, and letting people think that you're a little radical. If you're going to be radical for anything, be radical for Jesus. Right? I mean, you'll never see... Go Cowboys, whoo, yay Jerry Jones on the back of my car, written in white chalk, okay? But you might see, go Jesus, yay God, God is awesome. Yeah, your pastor might be radical enough to put that on his car, because if I'm going to be a fool for anything, I'm going to be a fool for Jesus. Man will let you down, but God will never let you down. See, the world is watching us just like a heathen idol-worshiping king was watching them. There's people watching you that you probably don't even realize. The other day we were in the car, all five of us, and once again, it's kind of a rare occasion. We're stuck in traffic. Ashton goes, I know that guy in that car right up there. I used to work with him. Just then someone cut him off, and he did something. And, uh, and he was innocent. I mean, the guy really did cut him off. And, and he didn't do what you probably thought. He, he kind of did a, like this, just, what, you know, what? But he didn't know that someone he knew was two cars behind him. And I was wondering, how many times do people see us react, knowing that we're Christians, and yet we weren't aware that we were being watched? It could be a family member, it could be a coworker, it could be a, another student or a, a professor that knows your faith, that's read something that you've stated, but watching how you respond. So does the world see us praising God like Paul and Silas when they're thrown in jail? When everything should be, woe is me and, well, how did that old hee-haw song go? Come on, somebody needs to know that, wait. Yeah, yeah. No. And agony, yeah, never mind. Yeah, deep, dark depression, yeah. We don't ever need to sing that song. Don't worry about it. I'm not adding that to our playlist. But see, a lot of times, 
It's easy to sing that when everything's going bad. But are we willing to worship and praise God? Are we willing to shout even though we're in the fire? Maybe some of you are in the fire today. You need to praise God in all times. You need to rejoice in the Lord at all times. Because that fourth man is with you. Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2 says, But now, this is what the Lord says. He created you. Jacob, he formed you. Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. Here's a great verse. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the waters, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. My third point is coming out of the fire. See, when you've been faithful, coming out of the fire, you're going to have a witness. You're going to have that fourth man. He never came out of the fire. You see, the revelation of this is that many times we're in a hurry to get through that fire that we miss, that the Hebrew boys did not miss that. Have you ever thought, as many times as you've read this passage, because this was a little aha moment for me, that as they're walking around in the fire, they had to be called out. You see, some of us are in the fire standing by the door. Can we come out now? Huh? Can we come out? Hey, it's hot in here. Huh? A time? You know, it's like being in timeout. You know, as a kid, do you remember being in timeout and all you want to do is get out of timeout? But you know what? They're going in the fire. They're walking with God or Jesus. And they're having a great time. And they're not saying, hey, are are, our five minutes up? You know, I know we should already be singed by now, but can we come on out now? And so what we see here is in Daniel 3.26, then Nebuchadnezzar went to the door of the blazing furnace. See, once again, now we're reading this in an air-conditioned building. We're not even fathoming what this condition may have been like, that they heated this seven times hotter than even the guards that were near it died because they were that close to it. Can we even fathom that? Have you ever been... I'm not talking a nice fireplace in a restaurant. Oh, this is a, I mean, this was a furnace that was designed to kill people. And Nebuchadnezzar comes down to the furnace and says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Wow. Who's the one who built the idol in the first place? Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. Servants of the Most High God come out. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. I think they would have hung out in there a lot longer. I'll tell you what, if I'm walking around with Jesus, don't bother me, okay? I don't care if it's 12 o'clock and I'm supposed to be finishing service. Let me just spend time with God, okay? Because I'll tell you what, there is nothing more important than spending time with God. There is nothing more important than spending time with God. There should be nothing on your agenda that has higher priority than spending time with God. The way that we spend time with God is getting into his word. Because the more you know his word, the more you know your Father God. Yes, you can buy series and CDs and cassettes and videotapes and VHS, depending on how old your technology is. It's all out there, okay? There's books, audio books. Spend time in the book and get to know the God. Not someone's interpretation of what you think 
that they think that they think you should think that God is. Spend time and just find out who God is himself. Open up the Bible and say, God, would you reveal yourself to me as I read this? Start in the book of Romans. Go through the book of James. I like the book of Mark personally, but I'm just preference there. But you can go anywhere you want. But just start asking for revelation as you go through this. Because the word is going to hold you when you're going through a fiery situation. And the word is going to sustain you. The word is going to hold you up. It will be your strength because it is your relationship. And people are going to know that you've been in the presence of God if you spend time in the word. See, Daniel 3, verses 27 and 30 says, The king's satraps, governors, mayors, and advisors gathered around the three men. I imagine, once again, this is just a very pleasant little verse. I'm thinking if I just saw three men come out of a furnace, I'm going to crawl over people to see them. Right? Because the word's getting out. We just brought three guys out of the furnace that shouldn't have survived. How many of y'all would want to see that? And then rumors, they don't even smell like smoke. I'm going to smell that myself. Their, their, their hair isn't even burnt. You're kidding me. Seriously. They came out of the front. Yes. Oh, well, I'll wait my turn. No, 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 no. You know how people are. They're going to be crowding in. They're going to be looking, seeing, straining, whatever they can to see these three men. And the king's advisors gathered around the three men, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. The hair on their heads was not singed. Their clothes weren't burnt, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Man, they didn't even smell like smoke and they came out of the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar said, praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he sent his angel and saved his servants who trusted him. They disobeyed the king and risked their lives so that they would not have to honor or worship any god except their own god. So I order that any people from any providence, nation, or language who says anything slanderous about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn from limb to limb. Their houses will be turned down into piles of rubble, and no other God can rescue, them, can rescue like this. Verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to higher positions in the providence. You see, when you come out of the fire and you've been faithful, promotion comes. Promotion comes. You may be feeling that all hell has come against you, but I want you to be faithful. Enjoy God in the presence in the middle of that fire and realize that promotion's coming. God's favor is on you. As we remain faithful to God, no matter what your position in life, if you're going into the fire right now, if you feel like you're in the fire right now, or you've just come out of the fire, Promotion is on the way. God is faithful. He is our strength, and he is our source. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, maybe your situation is you're in the fire. You've just come out of the fire. Or you're in the fire right now, but you're not feeling the presence of God. You're feeling alone. You're feeling bound, tied up. That's not God's plan for your life. He wants to be there. 
But I'll tell you what, I think these three Hebrew boys were praying before they got thrown in. <laughs> I think they were praying before they went to that ceremony where they were supposed to be bowing down. We need to be praying right now. We need to be praying for our neighbors and our families, our co-workers. We need to be praying for our community because there's a lot of people bowing down. There's a lot of people going through difficult situations. Satan has given them a sample of something and they've eaten it and now they're craving more. We have to make a determination in our life that we're going to serve God and not compromise in areas that he's called you not to compromise in. Sometimes we feel if we just go to church on Sunday, everything's great. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of hours that you live from Sunday to Sunday that God wants to see you not compromise and not bow down. Say, no matter what happens, God, I'm going to be faithful because you're faithful. Would you give me strength to be that faithful? Would you help me with my unbelief? Would you help me to see you in every situation? Would you help me to sense your peace and presence when I'm going through the fire? Would you help me, God? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every life that's represented here today. And Lord, we realize that in this world that there will be some fires, trials, situations, seasons. But Father, we're so thankful that you hold our tomorrows. You are our strength and you are our hope. And you are our peace. You're our joy. Father, help us not to compromise in an ungodly world, but help us to love you more. Help us, God, to spend time in prayer, in the word, just so that we know you. Lord, we thank you for every opportunity that you're bringing our way, that we can reflect your love, your peace, and your joy in every situation. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like for you to stand and we speak a blessing. I also have a, a request. Um, Danny and Lane have been very faithful, uh, setting up and tearing down. And next week they have to be out of town to take Macy up to school. So we're going to be setting up on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And uh, Austin and I would greatly appreciate it if we were not the only two here, <laughs> okay? If you could just come, we're hoping that it will take about an hour if we can get several of you. We waited till later in the day, so it would be a little cooler. And if you can't make it on Saturday, I'd love for you to plan on staying a little after on service on Sunday. I know some of y'all have to get going, but if you don't, help us tear down. Go that extra mile so that no one's staying here till 3 o'clock because everybody just left. Lubies will wait on you, I promise. They'll still have food. So please, if you're available, next week, 7 o'clock, I'm going to be here setting up. And then also after service next week, I'd appreciate if you could plan on staying a little longer and helping us tear down. Because that's what family does, right? Let me speak a blessing over you as we go. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming. We love you so very much.